0: What's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? Scott Mitchell, Helmets Off, is on. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host here. Fun show today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, the Chiefs. I think everyone picked the Chiefs probably to win the Super Bowl this year. Really. I mean, I, I think that's what folks thought, or most of them. And they've looked very pedestrian. They were kind of I don't know. Got it hand it to him against the Tennessee Titans. Uh talk about that today. Of course, the Astros and the Braves are in the World Series. And can you really che- can you really cheer for the Houston Astros? I don't know. Maybe maybe not. We'll find out. And then okay. Uh I got to tell you about Legos. Yeah, you know, building block Legos. Yeah. It's a thing. All right, well, let's get started. All right, so the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, Patrick Mahomes, they kind of were a couple of offensive linemen away from winning a Super Bowl. They did a great job of upgrading their team in in the offseason with those additions. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, you know, one of the probably best players in all of uh, professional football. And they've kind of struggled. It's been a, a bit of a challenge. And so, kind of what's going on with the Chiefs? When you're a team like the Chiefs, who, uh, okay, you win a Super Bowl, right? And everyone says, man, it's so, so hard to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Your schedule's different. A lot of people don't even talk about that, how your schedule changes because you're you're technically supposed to have the the most difficult schedule in the NFL. You get the last pick of every round of every draft, so you're 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 not going to get the, you know, the potentially really good players that that come out even in every round. Uh you also have like this target. And it's a real thing. And so everyone that plays you, they're like we're gunning for the Chiefs. And last year, and I think even this year, people are still doing that. So a year ago, they answered. You know, they went back to Super Bowl, and they got there. And then they they lost, and they lost, and they looked terrible. And I'm not sure they really have even gotten over that. So this year, even though I think other teams have improved, maybe even surpassed them, maybe even be – Better odds at winning, like the Buffalo Bills, maybe even the Los Angeles Rams. And quite frankly, I think that's who's going to be in the Super Bowl this year. But uh, so you have you've got this uh, year after the winning the Super Bowl, and you still have a target. That's a tough thing. Everybody guns for the Chiefs every single week, even though they're a, a year removed from. Uh, defending their their championship, still two years out, they still have a target. And that's a, you know, you, you don't feel sorry for them, but what you end up getting is no matter who you play every week, it's not that you don't feel this way anyways, but there's an extra incentive. There's an extra effort. People want to knock off the champ. And it's hard. It's hard, it's hard to be there. You know, it's, it just is hard. So you're getting a lot of this from a, a lot of these teams that they're they're um, they're coming for you, and and they want to make a name for themselves, and they, and they want to make a name if they can look Pat, make Patrick Mahomes look average and look pedestrian, and and so on the other side of it, you have a team, so the Chiefs. So this is this is everyone looking into the Chiefs, and so now you have now you have the Chiefs looking out, and this is a team that's like maybe questioning itself i i think they really thought boy we are there we've really arrived we really we've really kind of made it and and that is like the kiss of death in the nfl the moment the moment you believe you've arrived you're done you're toast it's over oh man i can remember having a moment like this in in my career I uh, had just signed with the Detroit Lions. We'd won our opening game in late, you know, late drive winning uh, score for us. Big emotional win for me personally because the first win in Detroit. Next week we go to Minnesota. We lose a really close game. And then we play the defending Super Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys, on Monday night football in Dallas. So there we are. We're, We're that team gunning for the team that's got a target on their back. And I think everyone said, oh, man, the the Cowboys are amazing. They're unstoppable. And we beat them. We beat the Cowboys in in Dallas on Monday night football. Reigning Super Bowl champs. The next week, I kid you not, this is is as true as I'm sitting here telling you this. We're playing the New England Patriots. Second-year quarterback Drew Bledsoe, who's, you know, kind of trying to find his way. Bill Parcells trying to figure it out. They're they're an okay team. I think they were one and two at the time, and I remember, and they weren't that good. This was pre Bilichek. It was it, this this team was this team was not not very good. Now they were uh, a couple of years removed from going to a Super Bowl, and losing to Green Bay, but they were not that team at that time. And as I ran onto the field for the first play, the thought w- entered my head. And it was that thought. It was the dreaded, this is not a good thought to have thought. I didn't think it at the time. I thought it was actually a good thought, but it wasn't. And I ran onto the field going, man, I love what I do, and I have arrived, and we are going to kill these guys. And we lost. And then we're playing the Tampa Bay at the time. Yucks. They were not good. They were terrible. They were horrendous. They were not a good football team at that time. So in my mind, you know, we're two and one. We're going to play cupcake games the next two weeks. Got New England at home, got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. We are cruising, right? We've arrived. We're going to be four and one and in the driver's seat. And lo and behold, we lose again. We lose two weeks in a row to teams that we had no business losing to no business whatsoever at all. And I'm telling you, and I don't know if, if other guys had the same thought I did, I don't know what happened, but when we went to Tampa Bay, they scored three touchdowns on special teams, returning them for touchdowns. They'd never returned a kickoff or a touchdown in their entire existence as an organization. And and so we gave up three special teams touchdowns a game and lost. My point is, I don't care if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care if you're me. I don't care if you're anybody playing in the NFL at any time. At any time, you've never, ever arrived. You look at someone like Tom Brady. You could say Tom Brady's arrived. Tom Brady could tell you he's arrived. And he'd be right. And I think Tom Brady knows the minute he, know, he says it, I've arrived, he's done. He's never arrived. It's never good enough. Uh, you cannot be satisfied. You have to have that drive. You have to have that push. You have to have that almost uh, like I'm not accepted here, like I'm an outsider. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is the same way. Aaron Rodgers, chip on his shoulder from day one. And he's annoying. You know, he's annoying about it. Tom Brady maybe a little less annoying. It's those guys that just relentlessly are the outsider, the forgotten, uh, the misfits. And they're not, right? I mean, they're the biggest names in, in all of, you know, maybe sports or right up there with a lot of folks here, at least here in America. They've never arrived. Michael Jordan used to create like tension. He used to create controversy just so he could keep himself motivated. Kansas City Chiefs, it's simple. All they need to do is just become an outsider, become the downtrodden, become, you know, the unlikable. Because really, everyone likes Kansas City, it's kind of middle America. Like it, it really is. Everyone loves Andy Reid. Everyone cheers. You know, maybe, maybe if you're a Raiders fan or Broncos fan, maybe you don't, but everybody else does. Like you can't help but cheer for Andy Reid. I don't care. You can't help but cheer for Patrick Mahomes. Like, he, he like, in a likability contest, you know, he's killing. Rodgers. he's killing Brady. People like him. I like him but we need to hate him and he needs to hate us. I mean, if, the, if the Chiefs are really gonna go anywhere, they kind of gotta get down and dirty. All right, gonna take a break, we come back. Can you cheer for the Houston Astros? Tell you what I can or can't do when we come back. All righty, sports fans, uh, welcome back. It is Helmets Off, Scott Mitchell here, your host. Uh, appreciate you coming and joining us for a while uh fun fun topics today you know what's happening to the chiefs and of course what about the astros like like can, can you can you actually can you actually forgive them can you actually cheer for them and i i find it fascinating where there's a stigmatism that gets attached to people from an event and most of the time it's almost impossible for you to shake it. One of the greatest baseball players of all time, amazing baseball player. I uh, met him in my life before and loved watching him play. And he might be a guy you hate or like, but man, you respected the heck out of the way he played baseball and that's Pete Rose. And no one talks about the fact that he's you know, had more hits than anyone ever. Or no one talks about, you know, Charlie Hustle and, and and him playing all so many different positions throughout his career. No one talks about it. All they talk about is Pete Rose will never be in the Hall of Fame because he bet on baseball. Now, everyone, I don't care who you are, and I'm going to call everyone out. I'm going to call myself out on this. I'm going to call everyone out on this. We all have made mistakes. We all, and thank goodness for that, by the way, really. I think the problem in our world today is that we try to hide our mistakes. We try to run from our mistakes. We try to, uh, you know, CYA. We try to, it's not my fault, point the finger. We lie to save our own pride and the fact that we messed up. And I think it's all wrong. I think it's all wrong. I think we need to work so hard to, to fail as quickly as we possibly can. There's only, there's only one way to grow in this world, and that's by failure. Like, you don't, you don't know that it's wrong until you've pushed it to a point where it is. And then you go, oh, that doesn't work. Okay, let's, let's, let's go down another, another avenue here. I think it's the problem in sports in general. Like, I mean, you're firing football coaches in college, Ed Orgeron, uh, Mike Wells at Texas Tech, uh, you know, Clay Helton, all, you know, and whether they need to be fired or not, I don't know. But we're just so quick to just get rid of things and to pass judgment and to say, you know, hey, why don't we work on this trying to figure it out? You know, you know an organization that actually I think does it about as good as anyone is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, they don't have a quick, a quick hook on people. They're not like, oh, you know, uh, they're okay if you make mistakes. They're okay if you have a chance to grow and learn and develop. And, you know, these quarterbacks in the NFL, they just, they're in, they're out, they're done, they're gone. But, but the Astros, and they did the unthinkable thing, they cheated, clearly. And it was obvious. And our culture promotes it until it's brought to light all these things that have gone on performance enhancing steroids in baseball uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, deflate gate, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, everyone's looking for an advantage. Everyone's looking for an edge. Everyone is cheating. Everyone, my, my whole point, everyone makes mistakes, everybody. So where's the line? I mean, what do you do? Cause I'm sitting here saying, let people fail and figure it out and then move forward from that, right? So isn't isn't that the test of of the, the failure was a good thing? Is if they move forward and they're better because of it? I remember hearing about um well it it was it was about you know as a kid, babe Ruth. You know, he hit 715 home runs, but he struck out a million times. <laughs> and in order to make that success, he had to, man, he had to go through a lot of failure. And I think, I think we're, we're just a little bit too close, a little bit too um, willing to sit there on our pious soapbox and say, you are terrible and you are wrong because i guarantee you that the houston astros just got caught there are other teams I'm, i mean putting a, a foreign substance on a baseball is against the rule it's cheating gives you an unfair advantage and what's a what's what's more serious you know stealing signs or doctoring a baseball uh, it, they're the same it's cheating like if you cheat a cheat it's it's not like well, that's a that's a cheat level one, and this is a cheat level two, and Pete Rose is a cheat level three. It's all just cheating. That's it. And you're you're going to say, well, yeah, but it it is different. It's it's grievous, you know. And so for that, you're banished for the rest of your life. How harsh is that? Like it's over. You're done. And there's no there's no there's no moving forward. There's no forgiveness. There's no um, repentance, there's no, a person who has made a mistake in their life and truly is sorrowful for it and wants to move forward to be a better person. Man, I I want a team full of people like that because that person's coachable. That person is, I think, dependable because they're going to be honest with you. I screwed up. I own it. I want to move forward and be a better person because of it. That's really, to me, what I think is important. Unfortunately, it's our mistakes. It's the things that, it's the the parts of us we don't want people to see. The embarrassing, the humiliating side of us that we all have, all of us. That's the one that um, gets pointed out and really gets raked through the coals and it's wrong and i think all of this woke society that we live in and all this judgment we heap down on people i think it's wrong and that's what i think all right we're gonna take another break we come back man we gotta talk about legos legos are a thing are they ever a thing and i gotta tell you about it <laughs> All right, sports fans, welcome back. Final episode of Helmets Off, Scott Mitchell, your host here. And uh, we've had a fun show, you know, talking about, you know, can you cheer for the Astros? And, yeah, I think you can at some point. I, I, you know, just kind of going back on that a little bit. I made fun of my football coach when I was with the Detroit Lions at a Halloween party. I dressed up like him, and it was all meant in good fun from me he even took it that way that's just kind of how um <coughs> how it was you know people joked and made fun of each other in, in 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 those confines the problem is it got out into the public and people were how dare you scott that you make fun of your coach and and embarrass him like that and and you were you just really you just stepped over one Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But the thing that just has always stuck with me is that's what people remember. That's, that's one of the things I'm most remembered for in Detroit is that I dressed up like my coach at Halloween. Wow, man. What a thing to be remembered for. Hey, Madison, pause for just a second. So here I am, I'm remembered for being a character of my coach and and I don't know, that was just kind of disappointing. And I think a little bit harsh, I think we're all a little bit harsh on one another in the way we judge. So I'm gonna tell you something about my personal life right now, and you can judge me if you want, I don't even care. I love two things in life. One is Legos. And the other is Star Wars. I went to the first Star Wars movies. I remember sitting in the theater, just waiting in anticipation as a kid for Star Wars to start. And it starts and they have that, that uh, the words, you know, kind of moving at an angle, you know, far, you know, long, long ago, far, far away in a galaxy, blah, blah, blah. And you're reading this, and you're just like, man, what is this going to, you know, and, and, uh, and there's, you know, these, amazing characters and this just great story and then there's the millennium falcon and i fell in love with han solo and the millennium falcon here was this kind of rebel guy who had this you know this not not a whole lot to look at kind of thing but he uh his starship man it it could get to light speed like super fast right and underneath his tough exterior was this good guy right so you love you love han solo like really to me i thought he was the best character in all of star wars quite frankly uh aside from uh r2d2 right that was kind of my second favorite anyways uh han solo and his millennium falcon were my obsession well uh, Han Solo. Well, so as a kid, I got Star Wars action figures. I got the Millennium Falcon in multiple forms. I got it as like a a model, you know, where you put models together. I got it as actually a a play toy, uh, and and uh, and I got all the action figures. And I was the kid in the neighborhood who was the only one with Princess Leia. Like my friends got Star Wars action figures, but nobody got Princess Leia. Nobody. My mom, one day, uh, I, I go, Mom, I, I'm gonna go to my friend Robert's house to play Star Wars, and she goes, I'm, I'm sorry, you, you, you know, I, 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 you know, you can't go today. And I'm like, Mom, you don't understand. I'm the only one with Princess Leia. And if I don't go, we can't play Star Wars. And my mom said, you have a point. You can go play. So Princess Leia was like the ace up your sleeve, just so you know. Anyways, I love Star Wars. Now, the other love of my youth was Legos, right? Who doesn't love Legos? I went to Legoland in California. And I thought... How cool would that be? I mean, they built these structures out of plastic building blocks that look so amazing. And they're so cool and fascinating. So my whole life, I just, I've loved to build Legos. Now, as a parent, one of the things I did with young kids, to any of you out there that are, you know, young parents, here's a tip for you. buy your kids your young kids toys that you like to play with that are just a little bit above your kids abilities so you can relive your childhood playing your kids toys and they're not that interested just just I'm just telling you and they'll they'll get interested trust me they'll 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 figure it out they'll like it but but start out where you know um it it, it maybe they're not that interested I'm just telling you, it worked well for me. Legos was a thing, and I get I get the Legos. Oh, you need some help with that? Okay, I'll I'll help you with my kids. Uh and I love Legos. Love getting them, love building them. Thought they're the most amazing thing in the world. Uh a couple of weeks ago I'm at lunch and with my daughter my youngest daughter, Madison, and we're out shopping. Because well, she said she's clo or she was cold, and she didn't have any clothes, and you know, life was basically over. So that's what you do when your daughter bats her eyelashes and says, "Can I have some clothes?" We were out shopping at all the, you know, Lululemon and Pacsun and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Eris Postle or whatever it's called, at, you know, Abercrombie and uh, fit you know all those stores right and uh <clears throat> we go by the lego store i go look we gotta go in we we just gotta go in the lego store so i go in the lego store and there's the millennium falcon they have it like if you go in the store i didn't know this i, I i've been out of kiddom for a while <clears throat> i go in the lego store and on the right hand side are all the Legos for adults, for me. And then on the left side are all the Legos, you know, that the, for the kids. You know, it's like the drugs. Hey, we'll get the kids involved in this in a young age, and then we got them forever, you know, in which they have me forever. But I go in, and on display is the Millennium Falcon. Now, it's not, you know, it's massive. This thing has 7,500 pieces to it. And I'm like, immediately, I'm buying it. So I bought the Millennium Falcon. And I'm afraid that I've reignited in in me this like childhood obsession because you know what's coming out at Christmas? The Titanic. You know how many pieces it has? A thousand. Or no, 9,000. A thousand kind of sounded more, but it's not. 9,000 pieces. To uh the Titanic and it it breaks apart, and there's all the you see the different decks on the ship and the rooms and all that stuff I mean how you know it's the coolest thing in the world and I think that's the fun draw to Legos and when you're a kid is it's operational you know you can, you can build it, but then you can also play with it after you're done and the thing as an adult, like seventy five hundred pieces uh that's a lot of Legos. And it's complicated. Uh, I have a coworker who w- had, had sent me a message. He goes, Yeah, it took me 26 hours of time to actually build the Millennial Falcon. So I got to hand it to Legos. They built an amusement park out of Legos. They are as irrelevant today as maybe they've ever been. But man, I just absolutely love, love building Legos. Well, Helmets Off is now off. You can find us on Facebook at The Helmets Off Show or a podcast or on uh, Twitter at The Helmets Off uh, Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And until then, we'll we'll see you back.